I'm going to take one more prayer point. I want to be praying for our children. It doesn't matter if you're married or you're not married or maybe you're a single parent or it doesn't just matter. Pray for your children. If you're not married yet, pray for the children that you will have. If you're not married and you have a child outside of marriage, pray for that child and the children you will have. If you're married, pray for the children you will have even if you've not had a child yet. Even and if you're married and you have children, pray for the children you have or the child you have and the ones that may come. So I just want you to start to pray over your children. Everyone, if you can unmute your mic, be in a quiet place and, and you can unmute your mic, please feel free and unmute your mic. Let's pray together. But just begin to pray in the spirit. If you cannot, if you, maybe you don't pray in tongues, you can just start to pray in your understanding. Pray for your children that your children will not be lost, that they will always find their way back to the Father. No matter what life brings, just begin to speak over your children. Your children will not be lost. Your children will always have a heart that is drawn to the Father. Father, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that my, ch my children will never be lost. They will always be drawn to you, O oh Lord. I would not have a child that is lost in Jesus' name. My children will always find their way back to you in Jesus' name. But I speak over myself, I speak over my home, that I will raise godly seed in Jesus' name. Children who love and serve the Lord, who worship the Lord. Don't, children who don't choose God just because I've told them about God. No, children who have a personal encounter. Children who have a personal encounter with you, O oh Lord, who experience the goodness of God, who will indeed fall in love with the Most High God who will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Children who will serve the Lord. My children will never be lost in Jesus' name. But I my children will always find their way back to you. But I thank you for always walking in your paths. But I thank you for the ways you guided by the Spirit of God. I thank you for your hand is upon your lives. But I thank you for protection, protection around them. They will remain unbroken in Jesus' name. They will never be victims of abuse, never be victims of abuse, never be victims of acid burns, never be victims of evil in Jesus' name. You will surround them with the right people in Jesus' name. In every season of their life, send them the right kind of helpers. Thank you. That my children are blessed. My children are preserved for you. They are set apart and consecrated for the use of the master of the most high God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father, I declare the night Everyone will raise children that bring you glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the wisdom for parenting. That we will not miss it in parenting, neither will we miss it in marriage in Jesus' name. That you will guide our path and you will cause our hearts to yield to the conviction of the Spirit of God. You will cause our hearts to yield to the guidance of the Spirit of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's one thing for the Spirit of God to convict us, and it's another thing for us to yield. It's one thing for us to pray for guidance and it's another thing for us to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing for us to say we love God and it's another thing for us to keep his commandments. Because the Bible says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So it's very easy for us to throw the words, I love God, but deep in our hearts, 
we are unwilling to keep his commandments. So now, would you choose God today? Would you choose him today? My, my, my screensaver for, if not over a year or more, has been Joshua 24, verse 15. Not my screensaver, my laptop wallpaper. Sorry, I customized it with a fam- uh, with pictures of like, like a collage of my family and I put the scripture there because I, I understand that it's important for you to see the word of God spoken over your life. It's very important. Joshua 24 verse 15 states, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. For as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You get to choose. It's a choice you make that I will serve God, that me and my household will serve God. Anyone who comes under the roof of my home will know Jesus. And if there's anybody that has refused to bow to the name of the Lord that comes under the roof of my home, they will they will run. They won't be able to stay. And that is that has been my reality. That has been my reality. I mentioned it like, was it last year? I think that was when I was in Abuja. I mentioned it and I said, <laughs> it was, it seemed like a joke, but it's the reality. I said, we should not stay for my house. Why? There's a covenant upon my home. That as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That means if you are not serving the Lord, you cannot be part of my household. It's not possible. You can't stay. You may come, but you will not be able to stay. And I, I remember I was talking to my sister a few weeks ago and I was telling her about how I've had to change um, domestic staff um, a lot in this season. And she told me something. She just said something when I told her what happened some like a month ago, a month ago, so a few weeks ago. And she told me, ah, that one could not stay in your house because of... And she referred to the presence of God in, your house, in, my, house, in my home. So you need to have a covenant with God. It's very important. Don't just marry and just marry. Oh, I just want to enjoy my No, What's the covenant upon your home? The covenant upon my home is that as for me and my house, I'm not just, it's not a scripture that I just speak uh, because someone else is saying, no, this is my reality. That as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So if you're going to come under the umbrella of my household, you will know God and you will serve him. If it does not happen immediately, because of course there are some people that are like budding flowers, they have to bloom first. If it does not happen immediately, it will happen eventually. If you are going to stay, if you are going to be part of my household. Now the question is, now the question is, what's your covenant with God regarding marriage and your children? Do you even have a covenant with God? Hannah was asking God for a child. The minute she struck a covenant with God, God gave her a child. What's your covenant with God? Do you have a covenant with God regarding marriage? Whether you you are married or you are not married, what's your covenant with God? Because we, we sing a lot. Covenant, keeping God. Yes, God keeps covenants. You know that one. So that means if you strike a covenant with God, it is bound to happen. It is bound to happen. I tell you, Muslim, I grew up in a home 
of a woman and mother lost God. Matter of fact, my mother didn't want to get married as a young lady. She wanted to go into the convent. She wanted to be a reverend sister. She didn't want to get married as a young lady. How she ended up marrying, my only God knew. But I thank God because I wouldn't have, she, I wouldn't have existed if she hadn't gotten married. But my mom loved God. My father was not like that, but my mom was solid with God. Very solid. Matter of fact, the accident that killed her, killed her just a few steps away from church. She was coming back from church that evening and she got knocked down. And after an hour, she died. That's how committed my mom was to God. So if she had not gone to church, she may likely not have had an accident. She was solid with God. Now, when my mom was alive, my head was not correct. But you see, one thing my mom did was that in the midst of all the drama and the very unhappy marriage she was in, she tried to raise her children in the way of the Lord. She gave us the right foundation. Even though my head was not correct while she was serving God. I'm saying this because if you know my past, you understand very clearly. I remember when she was alive, she tried to get me to be committed to prayers and I lie. The spirit that was worrying me did not allow me to pray. Immediately she says in Jesus' name and she starts to pray, I'll just do so. Immediately she finishes it and says in Jesus' name, I've broken up. <laughs> so I couldn't even be steady with God. Number one, I didn't even like the church we grew up in. I didn't like it. It did not help me have a personal relationship with God. I was just following doctrine. Repetitive prayers. Praying to saints. It no work for me. Because that's, it's not even in the Bible. That one that won't have worked for me. So, it didn't work for me. And she died and, and I was still, I was still not, my head still was not where I was, so it was supposed to be. Even when she passed on. But somehow, the grief of losing, I lost my parents in the space of one month. The both of them. Like two or three weeks after we buried my mom, my father died. So the grief, that intense grief, drove me to going to church. Even if I was praying on, those prayers I didn't want to pray, I started praying them. I was looking for solace. After some time, I drifted again. I went back into the world. It's amazing, Father. If this is the part you want me to take this morning, thank you. I was supposed to look at the story of the prodigal son. Apparently, I'm a prodigal. I was a prodigal child. <laughs> and I drifted again back into the world. I went into all sorts. I became a club addict. I was an alcoholic. I, I wasn't a social drinker. No. I was an alcoholic. An alcoholic cannot help themselves. I couldn't. You come into my home, you open my fridge, there was always a drink. Is it that wine? What spirits was there? I found solace in a lot of things and I was not happy still. But I ran to those things because I was dealing with grief. I was dealing with so much. I was lost. But you see, here I am, how many years after that? My parents died in 2005. 
I'm here. I found my way home. Why? The foundation had been set. I don't know what covenant my mom had with God. I don't know. Let me tell you, for especially for our single brothers and sisters, I will say it and I'll say it again. This period I've just been talking about marriage and parenting is what the Lord wants me to, to talk about, I talk about. Single brothers and sisters, marriage is not what you see on TV. Marriage is an assignment, it's a heavy assignment. I know some of you have heard it. You would not understand the magnitude of it until you enter it. If you want to do marriage God's way, I'm going to tell you clearly that marriage is an assignment. And in an assignment, you first accept the instructions for that assignment. And then you follow the one who sent you to do the assignment, right? That is what marriage is. So there are many times you're not going to feel like doing what you will you think you will want to do a marriage so many times. So many things are going to steal your time, but you need to be committed to the assignment that you've been given. In the same way, parenting is not an assignment. I, I mentioned this before. I'm not telling anyone to fa- follow the formula that my husband and I said. But I mentioned that before we got married, we knew that we did not want to have children immediately. We knew clearly. Matter of fact, we started seeking counsel on how not to have children immediately. We wanted to be prepared for the assignment of parenting. It took my husband, my husband and I, more than two years into marriage before even considering being parents. We wanted to prepare for the assignments because most times people go into things they don't understand what they are going into. Because everyone is doing it doesn't mean that it's that easy. If you want to do it right, then you have to be committed to it. And if you want to be committed to it, you also have to get knowledge and you need the wisdom of God to be able to handle it. You don't just want into it. Because what you see is not always what it is. It's not always what it is. It's a heavy assignment. Now, why did... I shared a scripture about the prodigal son. You see, the beautiful thing about that scripture is, let me look at it. I shared the NIV translation in the groups, the screenshots. See, when the, that son, when the prodigal son had realized that he had messed up, he realized, verse 17 states, Luke chapter 15, verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's highest servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So make me like, I'm no longer worthy to be, to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. See, verse 20, take me to this. Verse 18 said, I will set out and go back to my father. So he made the way back to the father, right? Then verse 20 says, So he got up and went to his father. Please, dear believers, 
teach your children the way back home. No matter how far they veer of God, let them be able to find their way back home. That is your assignment as a parent. That you teach your children the ways of the Lord. That you set the right foundation. Even if they lost, they know where home is. My story is just a very clear example of it. No matter how hard they touch the picking, you know where mama and papa are. No matter how far the sun goes away from home, you should be able to locate home when the time comes. That's why the foundational years of a child, they are very crucial years. They're not years you joke with. Teach your children about God. Stop complaining about, especially um, stay, um, stay, they call them stay-at-home moms, or moms who are working remotely and they stay back at home, or parents, fathers who are working remotely and stay back at home, fathers who are at home right now. Stop complaining about the time you're spending with your children and start to utilize that time. Start to utilize the time. Teach them about Christ. Teach them about God. Teach them about wolves so they'll be able to recognize them. Teach them about the Good Shepherd. Teach them about what it means and how they can be led by the Good Shepherd. Teach your children about God. Show them the way. The Bible says that I am the way. Jesus are the words of Christ. For the scriptures to the group. For now, I may only be able to sh share these um, scriptures on the WhatsApp group. So I'm just following them now. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 14, the Amplified Version. Jesus said to Thomas, um, verse 5, sorry. Thomas said to him, that's Christ. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? We are saying, I don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Take note of the way, the way, the way, the way, the way. Jesus said to him, I am the only way. Capital letter W. I am the only way to God. Tell your children about the way. There is a way to God. That is their navigation back home. Home for you as a believer is where God is. Earth is not your home. Tell them about heaven. The only way to get to God is through Christ. Tell your children. I am the only way to God. I'm reading, I'm reading the Amplified Version of John chapter 14. I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had really known me, you would also have known my Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and then we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time and you don't know me yet, Philip? No, no recognize clearly who I am, 
anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does, does his works, his attesting miracles and acts of power. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me because of the very works themselves which you have witnessed. I assure you, I most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach, because I am going to the Father. So Jesus was going back home. That means you have a home. Teach your children about home. Home is where the Father is, capital letter F. Verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. Dear believers, no matter how far your children fare off, they should be able to find their way home. Show them the way home. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Home is where the Father is. Tell them about the way. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way. Tell them. Hebrews 13 verse 14, the NLT translation states, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Dear believers, earth is not our home. Tell your children about it. About home. Show them how to get home. The only way home is through Christ. Teach your children how to pray. Tell them about faith. Tell them about the Holy Spirit, that they don't have to do life alone. That because, see, as a believer, that's the reality of being a Christian. It's, sometimes it's going to be hard. But tell them they don't have to suffer alone. They don't have to, it doesn't have to be such a struggle if they do it with the Holy Spirit. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Pray for your children. Set the right foundation. Have a covenant over your home. If you are believing God for the fruit of the womb, let's say you've not had a child yet and you're believing God, fear, speak, speak. If you're a woman, lay your hands in faith over your womb and speak into your future. Speak over the lives of your children. If you're a man, the same thing will noise. It's not awkward. You are speaking in faith. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Speak over your children. If you are single, it's not too late to start speaking over your children. It's not too late. And let me tell you, and see, the more intentional you are about parenting as a single person, the more careful you will be about whom to choose to marry. You realize that you can't just speak any and anyone. Why? You understand how important parenting is. 
you need to partner with the right person. So it's not just about how the person makes you feel. It's also about, can this person sustain the assignment in 10 years to come? In 10 years to come, sorry. Hold on. So sorry. So please, I want to encourage everyone, have a covenant over your home. Be intentional about parenting. Teach your children about God. It's so important. Teach them about God. It's not see. Even the age of two is not true. It's not too young to start telling your children about God. Play worship music. Let them see you pray. My daughter watches me preach. I'm sure right now she doesn't know what is going on in her mind. This woman is always speaking into her phone. <laughs> but you see, expose them to that. Expose them to that. Expose them to love. And for you to see, you can't give what you don't have. That's why it's important that we grow in Christ. Because if you really want to be the right parent, you, you also have to be the right believer. What do I mean by that? You're also, you have to grow in Christ. For you to be able to pull someone up, that means you have to be standing, right? For you to effectively pull a person who is down, you must be standing. Have you tried to pull someone up when you're kneeling down? You know it's very difficult, right? Try it one day. So maybe someone is on the floor and you're kneeling down, you're trying to pull the person up. It's very difficult. But when you're standing on your feet, your two feet, and you're standing firmly, it's easier for you to pull someone who is down up. So for you to be able to talk about Christ, you should know him first. So our advice before, for our single brothers and sisters, don't marry until you know your, your real bridegroom. You're the bride of Christ. How do you plan to do marriage when you don't even know how to be faithful to the first marriage you have? Everyone is married to Jesus. Every believer, sorry, is married to Christ. How can you be faithful in a to honor to your spouse if your covenant marriage with Christ you are not even faithful when it comes you don't even you've not learned faithfulness then you think that it will come upon you like like a like like a cloud in marriage how before you marry please know Jesus it is easier for you to do marriage knowing Christ then you will have something to give to your children you have something to you're not giving them hearsay my pastor said my bishop said apostle said no you're telling them about your own first-hand experience about god you're telling them about jesus come on see okay I, i've shared it with all people i think this is a good opportunity to, to share it next month is our b and andrew months B and Andrew. We've done it before. I think it was the last two years. That's the last three years. Who remembers when we did the campaign? It was an online campaign. Who remembers? We did it. Was it for a month or two? Who remembers the B and Andrew campaign? B and Andrew. B and Andrew. It was an online campaign we did um, two or three years ago. On it was majorly on Instagram. We were sending out videos and preaching the word of God for like 30 seconds to 
one minute and we're preaching the word of God and a lot of people joined the fellowship a lot of people were blessed by the campaign a lot of money went into it why because we're pushing out the content not just um organically on instagram we're actually running sponsored ads so we're pushing out the content we're pushing out the content to different cities in the world and a lot of people joined the fellowship that period a lot of people were blessed by the content even outside of the fellowship it was amazing it was amazing so i've october is our b and andrew month if you would like to volunteer to preach please send me a message but we're going to have okay i need to share this so we'll be running content and preaching the word of god online by next month in case you are wondering what does b and andrew mean john chapter 1 verse 42 said um he brought him to jesus this is andrew andrew then andrew brought simon to jesus looking intently at simon jesus said your name is simon son of john but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, why did I bring this up in line with what we are preaching? Andrew had encountered Christ, then he brought his brother to Christ. For you to effectively bring, bring people to Christ, you need to encounter Jesus. For you to te- effectively teach your children about Jesus, you need to encounter Christ first. Before Apostle Paul started to preach, he had an encounter with Jesus. And then he started to preach. This was a persecutor of the church. And then he was used as a vessel to spread the good news. And it was already said that he was going to suffer for the cause of the gospel. But he had an encounter. For you to effectively feed other people the word and tell them about Jesus, you need to first have an encounter with Jesus Christ. The story of the woman at the well is very, it makes it very clear. The minute she realized that she was speaking to the Messiah, she ran into the town and city, was it was it the village, and told people about Jesus. Come and meet the man. She was telling them about could this, could this be the Messiah? So that means she first had an encounter. First, she was talking to a man. She just felt she was talking to a man, but she encountered him as the Messiah. Then she went to proclaim. That was the gospel. That was good news. She was telling people about Jesus. She was drawing people to Christ. Come and meet. Could this be the Messiah? That was enough. And people came to Jesus because of her testimony. So that means from this scripture, John chapter 1, verse 42, Andrew first encountered the minute that Andrew was a follower of um, a disciple of John the Baptist. Then John the Baptist, now, if you read that scripture, let's open it, John chapter 1, verse 42. John 1. John 1. Let me just open John 1. Let me scroll down to verse 42. Sorry. I'm using my laptop to navigate the scriptures. Okay, so 42. Um, John 1, 42. Okay, 
Let's start from verse 35. The next day, John was there again, and two of his followers were with him. When he saw Jesus walking by, he said, Here is the Lamb of God. John's two followers heard him, and they went with Jesus, because he proclaimed that, See, this is the Messiah, this is the Lamb of God. So verse 38, when Jesus turned and saw them, he asked, what do you want? They answered, Rabbi, where do you live? The Hebrew word Rabbi means teacher. Jesus replied, come and see. It was already about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him and saw where he lived. So they stayed on for the rest of the day. One of the two men who heard John and had gone with Jesus was Andrew. Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. But the minute he encountered Christ, ah! He brought his brother to Jesus. John fought, John, um, John chapter 1, verse 14. One of the two men who had heard John and had um and had gone with Jesus was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. The first thing, take note. The first thing, I'm reading the contemporary English version. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother and tell him, We have found the Messiah. Remember that these people have been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. The Hebrew word Messiah means the same as the Greek word Christ. Andrew brought his brother to Jesus. Take notes. It was Andrew. Andrew brought his brother to Jesus and then Jesus saw him and he said, Simon, son of John, will be called Cephas. This name can be translated as Peter. From this book in the Bible, we've seen that there was an encounter and then the one who encountered Christ led someone else to Jesus. So that's what the campaign for next month is all about. Be an Andrew. Now that you've encountered Jesus, can you reach out to other people and draw them to Christ? Lead them, show them to Jesus. You encounter, tell them about Jesus. So if you want to be a volunteer for this campaign next month, please send me a DM and be willing to follow the instructions for the content, content creation. Be willing. It's just like 30, of, um, 30 seconds to one minute, I think, like 30 seconds. Like 30 to 40 seconds, you should be able to tell people about Jesus. You should be able to tell people about Jesus. So tell them about what Jesus, Jesus has done for you. It will help you with your evangelism in life. Sometimes all you have is just one minute with a person to lead them to Christ. All that Andrew said is, we have found the Messiah. This was a very powerful word of evangelism. He didn't talk too much. Ah, we have found him, the one we've been waiting for. So that means there was a hunger and there was, they had been waiting for him. So they had found him. They had found him. So um, so I'm ending the, the session now by the grace of God. So I would encourage you again, have a covenant with God regarding your marriage, your home, your children. Leave your children to God. Stop trying to define their parts. A lot of parents are still trying to define the part of their children. They are not your own. When you say your, ch your children, what we mean is you are steward to the children. You are steward. You are not the owner of the child. You did not create the child. You may have better the child, 
but creation was not done by him. So there's someone who owns the child, and that's called Yahweh. We call him Elohim, is our Lord. So he has a purpose for your child or your children. It's time for you to start asking God to navigate your, your own parenting path. It should give you wisdom for parenting. I think parents should pray this prayer. Ask for wisdom for parenting. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. If you're a single parent, you can pray the prayer. Father, give me wisdom for parenting. Teach me how to train up my children in the way of the Lord. Declare over your children that they will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit at a young age. Do you know what it means to have a child who is navigated by the Holy Spirit? Do you know that parenting will be very easy for you? You don't have to tell the child, don't steal. Mm. The Holy Spirit is already there to convict that child. The child already has a one-on-one relationship with the Holy Spirit. The child knows what to do. You don't have to tell the child, don't raise your voice at me. No, the child already knows that. The Holy Spirit will convict the child to honor you as a parent. So your children knowing the Holy Spirit and being guided by the Holy Spirit makes your job easier as a parent. So that should actually define your prayer points. Then for your home, if you have a covenant with the Lord about your home, that the Spirit of God will be the only Spirit. I declare it over my home very almost every day. Will, will be the only spirit that dominates the space, the atmosphere of my home and the surroundings. Anyone who comes under my home must fall under the power of God. You won't be able to do rubbish here. I declare it that anyone who comes under my home will be guided by the spirit of God. It makes me, it makes managing my home easier. There are many things I don't need to tell you. You know, you didn't know. Why? Conviction will come. The Holy Spirit convicts us to repentance. Guides us. He guides us. Haven't you studied that scripture? Where is that scripture? That um, King Saul was prophesying. <laughs> he went to, what was he? He wanted to do something. The next thing, he started prophesying. That was not his intention. He said, the Spirit of God came upon him. Where is it? Where is that scripture? Hmm. I wish I can just see that shape with you guys. Ah, I think it's this what I'm seeing. I think it's is it first Samuel chapter 19? <laughs> you know that someone can want to intentionally do you harm and then the Holy Spirit will just change the person's name. Agenda. <laughs> so King Saul was out to kill David. <laughs> he was, can you imagine the king of a nation, like your president, has decided, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill this one. So he was out to kill David. And as he was going, hey, where is it? Oh, okay. Yes, First Samuel 19, um, 18. Meanwhile, meanwhile, David went to Samuel at Rima and said to him what and told him what Saul had done. Then Samuel and David went to, to Prophet's village and stayed there. Someone told Saul, David is at Prophet's village in Rima. Saul sent his soul, 
sent a few soldiers to bring David back. They went to Ramah and found Samuel. Hey, Jesus. I found, thank you, Lord. They found, they went to Ramah and found Samuel in charge of a group of prophets who were all prophesying. Then the spirit of God took control of the soldiers and instead of assigned to. Can you imagine they were going to God do David harm? <laughs> then they begin prophesying. <laughs> See, and the word of God is too sweet. Then verse 21. When Saul heard what had happened, he sent some of his soul some more soldiers, but they prophesied just as the first group. So he sent another batch. They said the Holy Spirit took over them. The Spirit of God took over them. They said prophesying again. He sent a third group of soldiers, but the same thing happened to them. Verse 22. Finally, Saul left for Rima himself. He went as far as the deep pits at the town of Secu, and he asked, where are Samuel and David? A prophet's village in Rima, the people answered. Saul left for Rima, but he walked along. But as he walked along, the Spirit of God took control of him and he started prophesying. Then, when he reached the prophet's village, he stripped off his clothes and prophesied in front of Samuel. <laughs> power past power. Remember that an evil spirit was tormenting this guy. Yeah, yeah. You don't know that there's a hedge of protection around you. He stripped off his clothes and prophesied in front of Samuel. He dropped to the ground and lay there naked all that night, all that day and night. That's how the sin started. He saw now a prophet. This was someone that was going to kill David. He sent how many troops? The Spirit of God came upon them. They couldn't function. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. Speak it over your home. If there are some prayer points you need to start getting from the word of God. Anyone that means me harm, the spirit of God will come upon them and they will start to do good. <laughs> it's even a good way to evangelize anyway. From there, they will just soon be one for Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. See, pray for you. See, be intentional about your future. It's not only about your career. Yes, you need your career in future. Thank you. You need good health. But you know that the wrong choice of spouse can change the taste of your life. Evil children can lead you into depression. If you have a child that is, has become an androba, <laughs> your prayer point will just be that child for the rest of your life. Pray for your children. Parents, pray for yourself that the Lord will give you wisdom to be godly parents. The Lord will give you wisdom to be a godly spouse. Understand that marriage is a huge assignment. It's not just about roses, petals, cloud, liner. No! Marriage is a major assignment. The Lord gave me a job to, He gave me an assignment to disciple young Christian wives. The messages I've been getting from them you will understand that this marriage of 18 is not a joking something. I don't declare. The minute you marry, that's when you now say, oh, now it's going to enter with this. It's beautiful. It's good though. Marriage is a good thing. It's good. It's beautiful. It can be enjoyable, but the truth is that it's a commitment. So you have to be committed to the assignment because that is an assignment. To love a person and serve the person whether you feel like or you don't feel like 
irrespective of the flaws they have, to be patient with the person. That's another thing. Sometimes you need to pray for the person until you see the manifestation of God's hand in that person's life. Just like the way they will pray for you, because even you, you are not coming, coming all shiny and nice too. We are being transformed into the image of the Father. So it's not just about what the person is doing wrong. Even you, you make mistakes. You are being transformed also. So a lot of prayer goes into marriage. You can't just marry and then you stop praying. No, a lot of prayer goes into marriage. You say, oh, I know the person. No, you don't understand. I've known the person for seven years. Relationship as boyfriend and girlfriend, according to what the world says, is different from a husband and a wife in a marriage living together as one. It's different. It's very different. It's very different. Like I always tell people, you say, ah, no, you don't understand. I'm taking care of my sister's children. I'm taking care of my brother. Taking care of someone's child is different from having your own child. You are the sole custodian and steward of that child. When you are taking care of someone's child, you can decide, I need a break and you bail out. The minute you become a parent, there is no exit. You will bail that child. You are responsible for that child, for nurturing and training that child. There is no off day. Even if you say, I'm taking a break, you're still a parent. It's different. I took care of people's children before I got married. It's not the same thing as taking care of my own child. It's not. It's not. You have a responsibility as a parent. It's defined. You're supposed to train that child up in the way of the Lord. So you have an assignment. As an auntie, you can have your own assignment, but it's not the same as a parent. Unless you are the sole guardian. Like, you are, maybe you adopt a child, you foster parents, or maybe a... A, a loved one is dead and then you're handed the child handed over the child is handed over to you to be the parents of that child then you now have the core assignment of parenting the child nurturing and training that child up in the way of the Lord then that mantle falls on you so taking care of someone's child is different from you having your own child it's very different very different so I want to encourage everyone, start to pray for your marriage. Start. Sorry, the network show me. So I want to encourage everyone, start to pray for your marriage, start to pray for your children. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will help us be children of God. Faithful children of God, children who represent Jesus Christ, who are led by the Spirit of God, who bring forth healing words, like your mouth is used for the glory of God. Children with the mind of Christ, who operate in the wisdom, with the wisdom of God. I pray that you will never forget how much God loves you. You are deeply loved by God. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. I pray that that's your reality that you understand and know how much God loves you. I pray that the Lord protects you, protects your home, provides for you, and cares for you daily. I pray that your children will never be lost in Jesus' name. Amen. I also pray that for our single brothers and sisters who are not yet married, I pray that you will not miss it in marriage in Jesus' name. You will marry well, 
and the Lord will give to you and your spouse the God kind of wisdom to help you do marriage the right way in Jesus' name. Amen. I also pray for each and every one of us here that the Lord will surround us with the good, right kind of helpers. People who will not draw us away from God, but who will draw us, lead us to Christ daily. I pray for every marriage here that the, the kind of friends that surrounds the marriages linked to this fellowship will be the right kind of friends. That the Lord will remove evil friends from our marriage. Not friends, he will not, that the Lord will remove any friend that wants to bring down our marriage from our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I also speak over um, our minds, that our minds will be renewed daily by the word of God, that the spirit of God will help guide our thoughts and if there's anyone here dealing with any form of addiction i pray and declare the mighty name of jesus that you are liberated from that addiction in jesus name i pray amen please make yourself available to be used by god today understand that you're a representative of christ here on earth and be led by the spirit today in jesus name amen have a blessed everyone we'll pray again this evening for the gathering on sunday so we're having a physical gathering in lagos so we'll pray this evening for 15 minutes for the gathering by 7 p.m. Nigerian time. So please, I would like to encourage you join us as we pray for the gathering on Sunday. Have a blessed day, everyone. God loves you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, sis. Bye, everyone.